0: Hi folks, it's been a little while. So that was a bit of an unplanned hiatus. Long story short, the Japanese government's ban on foreigners entering, but not nationals leaving, the country after a brief moment of starting to ease the nearly two-year-old ban was devastating to my morale because it impacted not only me, but also a lot of colleagues. Follow the link in the blog post to learn more. With my morale crushed, getting just about anything done, let alone the podcast, got incredibly hard, and a lot fell by the wayside. But this past week, I've been doing a bit of a hard reset, if you will, trying to get back into my usual swing of things. This episode is not recorded before a live Twitch audience, because I'm not feeling ready to do so just yet. I need to find my balance first. I will return to recording on Twitch and our usual historic folklore theme for this season, hopefully next week. Meanwhile, my love to you all, and thank you for your support over Twitch, Patreon, and elsewhere at Riverside Wings. Thank you for being the wind beneath my wings. So, this is Dr. Nairi A. Bakalian, and you are listening to Friday Night History, your favorite historical romp with your favorite history dyke. Number 43, Season 2, Episode 10 of Friday Night History, Yamakawa Kenjiro Wins. Today's topic is an initial revision of an old thread from before the podcast launched. The central figure in the story today is Dr. Yamakawa Kenjiro, 1854-1931, to 1931, who was a physicist, educator, and political figure, And also a historian, and yes, he casually blackmailed the imperial court over history, as we'll see. You know how sometimes in history there are families that seem to be full of nothing but badasses? That's what we're dealing with this week, in talking about the Yamakawa family of Aizu. It was a high-ranking family of vassals in service to House Matsudaira of Aizu, the Tokugawa shogun's northernmost cousin. You might remember another episode where we talked about Yamakawa Okura, the general who danced his army through the Siege of Aizu in 1868, but he was just the eldest sibling in the generation. His younger sister, Stematsu, was the first Japanese vassar alumna, and another sister, Futaba, was tutor to Empress Shoken, the Meiji Emperor's consort. And Kenjiro, youngest brother, had a long and illustrious career of his own. All of them fought or otherwise took part in the defense of Aizu during the Boshin War. And they all remained deeply invested in Aizu and the broader community of former Aizu Matsudaira vassals for the rest of their lives. When the Boshin War came, of course, Kenjiro, then barely 14, 15 by the old Japanese reckoning, went to war. He served in the clan military in the Byakkutai, a battalion of his age mates and saw the clan's defeat and the destruction and devastation deliberately wrought by the Imperial Army firsthand. The Imperial government made it illegal to bury the Aizu dead for a long time until the intercession of the British doctor William Willis. But in the meanwhile, by banning those burials, it thus physically and ritually poisoned the land that's now Fukushima Prefecture with death and disease. When a huge number of people around you die horrific deaths all at once, and especially when that's the result of intentional malice and neglect, it doesn't just go away. And Kenjiro never forgot. Like his siblings, when the war ended, he moved to Tokyo where he was committed to academic achievement and to rebuilding his home region's name in the new era. This is the period when his sister Stematsu went to Vassar. Kenjiro himself also went to the U.S. and attended Yale, where he received his first degree in physics. He worked in science instruction and also furthered his own education. He received Tokyo University's first physics PhD in the 1880s. He went on to be president of Tokyo University and Kyoto University, founder and president of Kyushu University, was ennobled as Baron, later became Privy Counselor, and in general kicked a lot of ass and won a lot of accolades. But he was also an historian, and a preserver of memory among his compatriots, who had fought and lost in 1868. Like I said, he saw all those people he knew and loved fight, saw many of them die. Trauma lingers, and talking about the traumatic events can help with the healing. Now, of course, the old adage has it that the victors write the history. Well, the guys who'd co-opted the emperor, formed the imperial army, and used the emperor to endorse their campaign of wrecking northern Honshu had become dukes and counts and had all kinds of highfalutin titles in the new era. According to them, Aizu and the rest of the north were traitors to the throne, and the language they used insinuated that they were also less than, less smart, less loyal, even less human, than people in the rest of Japan. To this day, northerners are portrayed as hicks. The victors even had a saying. Shirakawa ihoku issan kyakumon. North of Shirakawa, a mountain's worth a hundred coppers. Loosely translated, northern Honshu is worthless, is what that means. Now, by the Meiji era, the Yamakawa family worked as advisors to their former lord's family. It was a symbol of the old samurai community of Aizu, after all, and Aizu as it was reborn post-1868 as part of Fukushima Prefecture. The Lord's son was now ennobled and was Viscount Matsudaira. But in the late Meiji era, the Matsudaira family of Aizu was also broke. Because despite its former status, it was still northern and people in power gave them shit. So Kenjiro and his brother Okura, now called Hiroshi, collected primary documents and coordinated with other surviving ex-samurai from Aizu to aggregate more of them, along with survivor testimonies. As advisors to the Matsudaira family, they also had access to documents given to the 1860s-era lord, Matsudaira Katamori, by Kolmei, the reigning Emperor Meiji's father. These documents praised the Matsudaira family's loyalty to the throne and the service of the Matsudaira family's vassals as being exemplary. Working with ex-Aizu samurai Nagasaki Mayor Kitahara Masanaga, Kenjiro put together one of the first histories of the Boshin War from an Aizu POV. He then casually mentioned the Matsudaira family's documents received from Emperor Komei to Miura Goro, an army officer who was then a senior imperial household advisor. This is the same Miura who was responsible for assassinating Empress Myeongseong of Korea. His record of casual brutality goes back to 1868 in Aizu, but that's a story for another time. The gist of what Yamakawa Kenjiro said to Miura Goro was this. So, I have these documents that prove the history your government has been touting since 1868 is bullshit. Drop a significant amount of money in the bank account of my former lord's family, and maybe I'll think twice about publishing it. And by God, that's what Miura did, thereby saving the Matsudaira family from financial ruin. But in an act of incredible boldness, just a few years later, Kenjiro published the documents anyway. They were the first of many. For the rest of his life, he was at the forefront of releasing one book after another, which told the story of the Boshin War from a northern perspective as well as assisting in the editing of others. Chronologies, biographical sketches, rosters, reproduced primary sources, and more. His brother Hiroshi also wrote a history of aizu political activity in the 1860s called Kyoto Shugoshoku Shimatsu, and their sister Stematsu wrote about her memories of the Boshin War in English. As a sidebar, some of his letters can be found in the New York Public Library's archives, and let me tell you, it was a mind-blowing experience to get to sit there and hold handwritten letters by Yamakawa Kenjiro in English. And that, friends, is how one man casually blackmailed the imperial court over history and won. Over a century later, my Ph.D. dissertation benefited immensely from that broad range of collected work that challenged the dominant narrative. Thank you, Yamakawa Sensei, for your courage. I'm Nairi, and this has been Friday Night History. Now, questions? (laughs) And that's a wrap for this week. Friday Night History is a weekly historical romp. With me, your favorite history duck, Dr. Nairi A. Bakalyan. Our theme is Bugle Blue, written by Craig Friedrich, performed by the U.S. Army Blues, and available royalty-free at pixabay.com slash music. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Support this and future episodes by subscribing on Twitch and Patreon at Riverside Wings. And remember, who you are and what lights your fire is worth fighting for. I'll see you around.